So welcome, Emma, the tennis elbow queen. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Looking back over the pandemic and the stress that you had and where your business is now, would you say that your business and life would be where it is today had that not happened? Hey, so um, that is an amazing question. And thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. This is an amazing opportunity and I'm super excited to be here too. So um, yeah, that is a massive question. And the the answer, I mean, the short answer is absolutely not, you know, had the pandemic not hit, my life and business would not look like it does right now, for sure. Um, so when just before the pandemic hit, I, um, I was in a, a typical brick and mortar physiotherapy clinic. That's what I did. 95% of my patients would come through the doors and see me one-to-one uh, or come into a class. And uh, when lockdown happened, the doors to the gym where I was working out of at the time closed. They, they weren't allowed to open. And my kids came home from school and didn't go back for 17 months. They were remote learning for 17 months. So I had to pivot over the course of a weekend. And that's what we did. So, so that, wow. I mean, that's, that's quite a hit, isn't it? All of a sudden you've got no clients, nobody can go into the practice and yeah. And you don't know for how long, I suppose, at that point, the kids were going to be at home with you. So, so, so talk, talk me through that, that's, that's that transition, that um, the shift in your mindset. So all you've gone from physiotherapy or working directly with clients on their pain and had you already sort of uh, sort of researched other ways that you can you can help people with their pain or, or talk me through that yeah i i was very lucky looking back at that time i'd already started working uh, with a few clients um via telehealth so i was already seeing some clients there because there were clients that were too far away from the clinic couldn't come and see me for geographical reasons um travel reasons, you know, they, they couldn't get to me. So I'd already started to do a little bit of telehealth. So when my kids came home, we thought it was going to be an extended spring break. We thought this will be two weeks. It'll be fine. And so I shifted my entire list to being virtual, um, which was easier for us because we were already dabbling in it. We already had probably 5% of our clients were were on on Zoom. So my my team knew how to set up Zoom meetings. They knew how to schedule this. They knew how to talk somebody through getting onto a Zoom meeting. So over the course of a weekend, we shifted everybody online. I didn't lose any clients. I Although my physical doors were closed, my appointments carried on in exactly the same way. The schedule was exactly the same. And that was very different to a lot of other clinics who thought, okay, this is going to be two weeks. We'll just close. We'll have two weeks off and then we'll be back to normal. So I didn't give my clients a choice. Many other clinics said, would you like to? And I just told them how it was going to be. I said, okay, your session is on Tuesday. It's still going to be in exactly the, the, the same time. You're still going to see me. This is how we're going to do it. And I think at the time, taking that stance was actually incredibly powerful for a lot of people because nobody knew what the heck was going on. Mm. There was this massive uncertainty. There was this huge fear of what was going on. No, we didn't know what, what was going on. And for somebody to say, don't worry, I'll see you on Tuesday as normal, jump on here, we'll meet as normal. And I think people actually really embraced that and were quite thankful for that. So I think that made a big difference in keeping the number of clients that we kept because everybody stayed on board. 
Yeah, that's that's quite interesting. I could imagine there was sort of two responses. One is, yes, there's consistency and somebody's controlling the situation, given that everything else seems to be out of control and everything seems to be cancelled. And then I would imagine you then probably had a few a few reluctant people or people who are sort of questioning the value maybe of not seeing you in per- person or having that hands-on sort of work with you. Did you have experienced any of that? At the time, no. And I think it was because it was such an unusual situation. Yeah. You know, we'd, we'd, it had been kind of building. I was waiting for my kids to be sent home. You know, we, we were building to that point. You know, all the rumors were flying around the parents. And so we, we were sort of like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And at the time that didn't happen at all because it was either see me this way or don't see me. Yeah. And so they were like, okay, we'll see you this way. That's absolutely fine. Um, certainly as time went on, I mean, to say my kids were off, you know, they were home at home, remote learning for 17 months. So for 17 months, there wasn't that option, you know, because I had to be here with my kids, helping my kids with school and everybody understood that. Now, as things started to open up, people started to ask me, are you going back into the clinic? And at the time it was so volatile, you know, I was waiting for my kids to be sent home with a close contact and they would have to isolate for 10 days. And so again, it was like, like I can't right now. I just don't feel like I, I have enough control over the situation because if one of my kids gets sent home and has to self-isolate for 10 days, I'm back in remote learning. Yeah. That's what I'm going to have to do. And so I stayed virtual. And then I started to get people saying to me, you're not going back in the clinic, are you? We love this way of working. Yeah. And so that convenient. was a really interesting, that's mm-hmm. right, a really interesting shift to me. So there was, there's no travel. There's no petrol prices. There's no parking. There's no taking two to three hours out of your day for a session. Mm-hmm. They literally click on and click off. And mm-hmm. the beauty of it now is my, my sort of core clients, the ones that see me the most, they travel around, they're now traveling around the country, they're traveling around the world, and they can still click into our sessions, be it a class or a, a, a one-to-one session or whatever that may be. And now they see that massive value is that, wow, look at the freedom and the opportunities that this now affords us. Absolutely. And I, I guess we've kind of got two angles we can, we'll definitely explore more about how you've expanded that business model and you've got other passive income streams and your one to many and your book and all that kind of stuff. But before we do that, I'm, I'm just curious how all this affected you that year and, you know, your, your mindset, because this is like, you talked about it being a mum, the struggle is real. We got put on a lot when it came to the kids being at home and having to juggle work and, you know, the, the kids being around the house and the homeschooling and still try and do a good job of that, even though we're under each other's feet and we don't know how long it's going to go on for, um, as well as, you know, you being, having to bring in money and continue to service your clients with your business. You know, that this is, this is a lot of pressure on you. And I'm just wondering, how did, how did you cope with that? How did you manage that year? Yeah, great, great question. I'm actually going to backtrack a little bit before lockdown. So um, I started my clinic back in 2008. So I said backtrack a little bit. I'm going to backtrack a lot. So I started in 2008. And basically, at the time I was working at the local hospital, I had 
patients come and see me at the hospital, you know, typical physiotherapy clinics there. But there were some patients who couldn't come and see me at the hospital. This is the difference between the US and the UK. They didn't have the right insurance or they couldn't afford the cash pay rates at the hospital because they were very, very high. And so the reason I set up my side hustle, my own clinic, was to help those clients who couldn't come and see me and couldn't tap into me at the hospital. So I'd set up my clinic. Uh, I have one surgeon who sends me all of her clients. You know, we have an amazing relationship. And uh, sort of several years into that relationship, she came to me and she said, look, I want to send more, more people to you. And they're not going to be able to see you at the hospital. Can we, can we formalize this clinic so that I can send you more? And I was like, absolutely. I love seeing your clients. Let's do this. So she helped me um, get onto a couple of referral panels. And I was expecting just to see her clients. And it exploded. They started sending me everybody. And my, my clinic was doubling in size year on year on year on year. And it got to the point where I needed help. So I took on an admin. I took on another couple of physical therapists. I took on AIDS and it was just growing and growing and growing. And so I essentially had a full-time job at the hospital. And then I had a full-time job in the clinic. My kids were in um, daycare after school until 6 p.m. every night. I'd be racing to pick them up. And especially in the wintertime when it's dark, you know, you pick, pick them up in the dark, get home, dinner, bath and bed. And then the next day you start again and you're on that treadmill. And I kind of looked at my life and I was like, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I signed up for, you know, to like never see my kids, to be going out of the door first thing in the morning before they're awake in the dark every single morning. I, I remember putting my key into the door to lock the door and just going, I hate this. And going, this is not okay. This is, this is not what I want my life to be. So I started to look at it and I thought something's got to give before I give. So I either have to leave the hospital or I have to close down my business. What am I going to do? And I kind of really thought about that because I loved working at the hospital. I love my, my friends and coworkers there. It was really my safe space. I could be having a crazy day with the kids. I'd get to the hospital and go, ah, because I just, that was, you know, I know what I'm doing. I could do it with my eyes closed. It just felt like such a safe, secure place. But do I want to give up my business that I'd worked so hard to build up and could potentially afford me so much freedom in the future? And so... I came to the realization that I needed to leave the hospital. I hadn't realized what a hard decision that was, and I didn't realize how it affected me. So I left the hospital job on Halloween of 2019, and three days later, I was in the hospital with a suspected heart attack. I had burned out. They did all the tests under the sun. I was in the hospital for three days. They did every single test they possibly could and everything came back normal, which obviously I'm very grateful for. Um, and, and it was burnout. It was the stress of leaving the hospital. And I didn't realize until later, I've done, I've done a lot of reading about the subject and a lot of sort of like really looking inwards. And I realized that my I, I had to stop being the person that I was in order to become the person that I wanted to become. Yeah. And that was incredibly hard. It was the biggest shift I think I've ever done. Obviously, I've moved from the UK to the US. I did that when I was seven months pregnant. It's like, that was crazy. But actually leaving my hospital job of 11 years was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I didn't realize that at all. So it put me in the hospital for three days. Again, it made me think, 
what the heck am I doing? I've just given up my health insurance and now I'm in the hospital. This is crazy. <laughs> um, the, the staff carried on running the clinic, but I had a brand new um, admin at the time and it, it, it kind of fell apart. And so um, I, I realized, okay, this is not okay. I got back on track. We had our best month ever in January of 2020. Wow. Okay. And listen to the dates I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> January 2020, best month ever. And at the end of that month, I got given notice by my landlady and my full-time physical therapist on the same day. So we'd had our best. So this, this roller coaster entrepreneurial lifestyle, it was definitely giving me the highs and the lows. And I was mm. definitely on that journey. So um, at the time, it was awful. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know, what are we going to do? I looked around, I found a new place to move us to. It was a brand new gym. It was going to be a fantastic opportunity, but it wasn't quite ready. I had to be out of our current location. The new place wasn't ready. I went into an interim space, which is the gym that I was in. And um, six weeks later, lockdown happened. And so again, looking back, Hmm. I wasn't locked into a lease with any kind of uh, obligations at all. So this was amazing. This yeah. actually worked amazingly for us. So so then when lockdown happened and we shifted to this online um, model, it, it was it, I was able to do it because of everything that life had thrown at us up to that point. I now look back and I'm immensely grateful. For all of those things that happened at the time, felt like just the, the world was falling out from under my feet. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can only imagine. I mean, that was obstacle after obstacle thrown under your feet, under your path. I guess there's many times you probably think, thought maybe I should have stayed at the hospital and never have done this. But now you talked about flexibility and knowing what it would give you in the future and obviously being able to stay home when your kids are being homeschooled and things like that. Now, you know, how do you, how do you feel about it now? And what, what, what difference is your life? Have you got in your life and your business now with the way you've got it set up and, and how you see clients? Yeah. It, it, I mean, it is just so different. I can remember even in May of 2020. So obviously we'd, we'd been in lockdown for probably six weeks and I was having a conversation with one of my business mentors. And at that time, of course, you know, we didn't know lockdown was going to last for two years and we, you know, we didn't know it all of those things. And at the time I was still considering moving into this new location, but the location we'd been in interim wise, they still wanted to keep us as well. And I was like, oh my goodness, I've got this opportunity of two locations. This will be amazing. I can remember having this conversation with my business mentor and saying, I've got this opportunity. This is so great. And this is what I, I think I should do. And he stopped in his tracks and he sat back in his chair and he crossed his arms and he said, should you? And it stopped me. And I was like, should I? And I, I was on such a trajectory of everything that we should be doing. Mm -hmm. We should have our physical location. We should open a second location. We should grow our staff. We should, should, should. And I, 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 I kind of looked at it and I was like, should I? And I was like, hmm, two locations, two sets of staff two sets of financials, two sets of headaches, two sets of running around like a crazy person. I was like, do I want to do that? And I kind of went, actually, no, 
no, I don't want to do that. I had been, obviously, we'd shifted to being online and I realized that this is what I really enjoy. I can now sit at home in my slippers while I treat my patients. (laughs) I kind of like this. And not long after, we actually had um, quite a bad wildfire very close to us. It came to within half a mile of our house. And so we, we were evacuated. And so we got the kids in the car, got the dog in the car, we got everything in the car and we left and we went to Vegas and we got into the hotel room. I set up my laptop and I saw my patients and I was like, if I was in a physical location, I couldn't do that. We spent almost a month on, on the road because wildfires last a very long time. You don't hear about them that whole time, but it lasted an incredibly long time. The smoke followed us to Vegas. So we went into Utah. We went into um, New Mexico. We ended up in Colorado. We were in Colorado at one of the ski resorts for two weeks. And I treated all my patients. The kids were still remote learning. My husband works online. And it was that sense of freedom. Mm-hmm. I think that really solidified for me that I can work from anywhere in the world. I can still see my my clients. I can still see my patients. This is phenomenal. This has given me this immense freedom. I don't feel tied down, but I only have one source of income. What if I can't work? What if I get COVID and I'm in bed for two weeks? What if I can't do that? And I came to the realization that, yeah, this is brilliant. I'm heading in the right direction now with this with this geographical freedom, but I need additional sources of income because right now I'm so reliant on me. Yeah. Yeah. So I love this. So you, you basically created the business that well, you, you stopped in, in your tracks to create a traditional business and said, no, I want a lifestyle business. And you've now, you're now designing this business around the lifestyle you want to leave, but you've had to change who you are. You've had to recognize who you are and get in touch with that, those values, your freedom, your flexibility, your family, being able to make everything work. And then obviously the choice with the double overheads and the double responsibility. You know, we all think we want to be the CEO of a fortune to 500, but the reality is, you know, lifestyle is more important to men, to many of us. So, so, so talk me through other pass, other generating other recurring or passive income streams. Like, so where did you, what did you start doing first? Yeah. So I have been writing a book for probably three years before lockdown hit. And <laughs> there were various chapters here, there and everywhere on my computer. And I thought, you know what? I, I've been given this gift of time. So I'm now not spending 10 hours a week taking my kids to and from school like I would normally be doing. So what am I going to do with that time? So I finished my book. So I finished my book. I worked with a book mentor to self-publish and get it out there. And that felt amazing. So that, that was one of the, the first things that I did. Now, along with that, I also realized that to so many patients, I'm essentially saying the same words the whole time. It's almost like I have a script because mm-hmm. I, I've done what I do for such a long time. I know what works. I know what doesn't work and, and, and how to explain things to people. And so I realized that I was saying the same things over and over and over and over. But there's only so much time in a day that I get to work with people. 
and there are more people that need to see me or people all over the place that need need my help. So instead of saying those words to a patient, I said them into a camera. And so I, I have a comprehensive elbow pain relief course that is for people who have tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, biceps, triceps, carpal tunnel, pubertal tunnel, all these different types of syndromes are basically uh, in, in this course. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this online course. I'm going I'm to create this. So my, my husband took the kids out for an afternoon and I filmed 20 videos, wow. which, which were the first half of the course, the first two phases of the course. I mean, it was literally kind of like, wind me up and off I go. And I thought, okay, this is how I can get out to more people as well. So as I, as I started to put that out there, I think then just so many other different opportunities spring up to you. And it's just amazing, you know, because you can have a membership site and you can do all these. I mean, there's so many different things that you can Mm do. Um, And I started to realize that, you know, this, this one stream of income that I had, that, that is not, that's not safe. That's not secure. If anything happens to me, that stops. So how can I, how can I build these different streams of income now that even whether I get out of bed in the morning or I don't, they still come in and there's still this money flowing in um, regardless of what goes on. And, and so that's what I started to do. I started to look around at, at how can I add sort of affiliate income and then the book and then the course and then the memberships and all these different things. How can I really um, capitalize on that and expand on that? Yeah, that's, I mean, you, you talk about it and it sounds so simple. And I know many people that are probably stuck in the, in getting their wheels, you know, muddied, just spinning, spinning their tires. But um, no, it, it sounds like you're so comfortable in what you did. You're so well-practiced. You're so, such an expertise that to you, it was second nature. It was just thinking about it in a different way, how to deliver the one-to-many message. So the book, the digital course, all great stuff. What's the name of your book, by the way? tennis elbow relief tennis elbow relief that's fantastic i'll put that on the show notes as well um (laughs) emma thank you so much for sharing that with us i think um there's probably a lot of a lot of key takeaways there for many of us listening and i feel like i'm really interested to learn more about the chapters of your business the tennis elbow queen as you grow i'm going to give you a quick fire round so that we can get to know emma a little bit more about you, what you read. Um, you mentioned that you had a business mentor, and I think that's really helpful for other people to understand that sometimes you just need that person who's going to stop you in your tracks and ask you those hard questions, as opposed to people who will smile and nod and just agree with everything you're going along with, which is, might have ended up with you in two practices. So first of all, quick fire round, what podcast are you listening to at the moment? Um, so I listen to Chill and Chill and Prosper by Denise Duffield-Thomas, as well as Online Marketing Made Easy with Amy Porterfield. I love both of those ladies, could listen to them all day long. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, Best book you would recommend on your topic? Well, I guess that would be Tennis Elbow, really. (laughs) My book. Um, Yeah, but I'm going to tell you the books that really helped me through. And so when I was talking about burnout earlier Mm. and kind of the, the learning that I did, the two books that really, really helped me at the time, um, You Are a Badass by Jensen Serrow. 
Yeah. I'd actually read that prior and and I was like, oh, this is a great book. It's a really entertaining read. I really enjoyed it. And I I now looking back realized I read it at such a surface level. Yes. Because when I read it after I had burned out, every page I was like, oh, that's me. That's what happened. That's what this was. And reading it again just really allowed me to go so deeply into what had happened and why it had happened and to be able to understand that. And then going along with that is definitely The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, which is, again, such a great book. I don't know how many times I've read that book, but this whole principle of up-leveling and how we can sabotage ourselves as we're up-leveling, that burnout was a massive sort of self-sabotage that I was totally unaware of because I was taking that massive step to up level. And my body just wanted to say, my body was like, no, 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 no. We've got to keep you safe. Shut you down. Yeah. And just to understand that, I that was really, really huge for me. And I think the whole topic of burnout, I'd heard about burnout and you know, burnout doesn't happen to people like me. And and yet I had I'd actually been to um uh, a, a retreat for, with the Female Entrepreneur Association in September of 2019, which couldn't have been better timing. And I met um, I met uh, somebody uh, who is now one of my accountability buddies, Celia Gaze. She's based in the UK. She has a wedding venue called the Wellbeing Farm, and Celia had burnt out previously. And so we were, I, I actually took her to this retreat. We're in, in Palm Springs and we were driving there from LA, which is a two hour drive. And we didn't stop talking the whole way. And, and as we're going along, I said to her, I was like, I was listening to her story and I said, oh my goodness, you need to write a book. And she had, she'd, she'd written a book of her, her story, but listening to her and how successful she is now and learning that she had burnt out, it was like, oh, people like me do burn out and then blow me down. But two months later I did. And had I not had that conversation with her, I don't think I would have recognized it for what it was either. And mm. just putting those pieces together and knowing that, yeah, this is, this is burnout. Sorry, this is not quick fire. No, <laughs> no, not at all. No, that's, that's really helpful to anybody to know that, to just know that it can hit anybody. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean there's anything lacking in you. Um, I like that where you said it was perhaps your body's way of saying you're not ready to up level. Let's, let's bring you, bring you back down. Somebody once described it to me as a temperature gauge. Your temperature gauge is your comfort level and you'll keep self sabotaging every time your temperature raises, i.e. you up level or you do something outside your comfort zone to keep you back in that safe box, in that, that temperature zone that you're comfortable with. But the reality is that doesn't serve us. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Thank you. And the book on your bedside bedside right now. Yeah. So right now I have Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I see that in the background. You have that yeah, too. Yeah, I do pick it up a lot. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is not sticking now. What do I need to do? Or, or to be honest, I even use it to sort of uh, coax my children into better habits. <laughs> the reward system is currently what we cues and rewards is what we're using a lot at the moment but yeah it's a good one definitely it's a good one love it um brill thank you so much emma for our listeners how can they contact you learn more about um both your clinic the work that you do and, and your courses um but also you know follow you and your business yeah, I'm uh, Emma Green, the Tennis Elbow Queen on Facebook and Tennis Elbow Queen on Instagram. And um, I do have a 
guide for anybody who wants to start thinking about setting up passive income. That's the, the five easiest passive income streams to set up. Um, and that can be found. It's a bitly link. So it's bit.ly forward slash TE Queen Passive Income, all one word and all lowercase. So I'm sure you'll be able to put that into the show notes soon as well. But if anybody is thinking of passive income, and I think we all should have it as as entrepreneurs, there there are so many easy ways to set up these little streams of passive income and they all start building to create that really nice cushion of something that's coming in every single month, whether you're in Hawaii or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Emma, for joining us on the podcast. And I wish you all the very best as the Tennis Elbow Queen. And I can't wait to read your book. Take care now. Thanks, Sue. Bye-bye. Congratulations for showing up and being one of the 8% that actually turn their dreams into reality. I appreciate you for listening and I am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life. For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it. Thank you.